I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is mm-hmm. the Mutant Ages. <laughs> such a perky, I'm Ryan. I'm Ryan. Just tossing it off. Uh, yeah. Who cares? I mean, um, anyway, we're watching every adaptation of the X-Men. And that means... And deciding who's gay. Yeah, and we're deciding who's gay. Just as we go along. That's that's also part Guess of the show. Guess what? It's us. <laughs> it's us. It's what we do. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a Wolverine and the X-Men. I feel like I need to apologize. It's hindsight part three. However, I have mistitled like every <laughs> single episode since we started watching this show. And we took a week off and like somehow that didn't help me at all. Like I've I've I don't know, but it's part three. Really Let's enjoy... hope I titled it correctly no, I, okay. this week. I didn't notice it at all until <laughs> until two different listeners came and said, Hey, you said the next episode's part three two but this is part two and then a full week later somebody else was like so are we not releasing an episode this week because i noticed that like nothing came out but it says hindsight part three but you're talking about part two and i was like how did we go a week without even noticing that and also i'm sorry listeners it's my job to get on social media and let you know if something's come up and has prevented us from releasing an episode but maddie and i have been like in the fire for the past two weeks i don't even know what happened i mean honestly the fact that we managed to put today, this out we almost did it didn't almost happen today people don't even know we don't need to get into it it's not interesting but just trust us that we're we're <laughs> struggling here but it's not because we aren't excited about the episode because the episode oh no it ruled. was great it was just really it was a lot because our personal lives are in this yeah, Maddie, Maddie was traveling and then i got sick for a week not with covid just with everything else possible and then today when we were recording i messaged maddie i'm like i gotta take the dog to the vet <laughs> she's sick now yeah i thought we were gonna have to be off for two weeks because of that but we aren't we're here i thought about it and i was like we cannot leave our listeners without anything for three whole weeks that without any warning that is bad so i was like no we're not doing that so we're here for y'all and we're creating content <laughs> also Doctor Strange, we did both see it. We did. We are going to talk about it. So it will come out later this week on our Patreon. On Thursday. You can go back and listen. Well, I actually can go back and watch the vlog that I posted of when most of the Mutant Ages crew was there. Right, T and Katie Mm -hmm. were there and a couple other people. Maddie was away and Todd does not live near us yet. So... (laughs) I say yeah. yet because I hopefully hope one day he does. Yeah, I, I expect Todd to move to Boston just in time for you to move away. Pretty much. That's what I expect to see happen. That's also. the perfect timing scenario yeah. that's going to happen there. But so we did see it. Uh, we haven't recorded an episode about it yet, um, but we will have done that by the time you hear this. Why are we explaining? I don't know why I don't I know, but I'm going to tell you a spoiler don't worry about it. right now about <laughs> Doctor Strange. Wanda's in it. 
What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't see her in it. I wasn't paying attention. I mean, it really should have been called Scarlet Witch and Madness of the Multiverse, but okay. Mm-hmm. 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 But we can save that for the podcast. We can. Anyway. Um, so that'll so, be fun. Welcome to this. We are watching Wolverine and the X-Men, which is basically just a continuation of X-Men Evolution. More like Wolverine shittily leads the X-Men. He's not very good at <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Okay, but finally, we have a new potential leader who shows up in this episode, and we can talk about her later. There's a couple different people who are, like, warring for this position. Kind of, yeah. I feel like Beast is, like, the vice president. Like, he's kind of trying to save Wolverine from himself a lot of the time. Oh, my God. There are so many moments in this episode where Beast literally has to move Wolverine out of the way because Logan just is losing his shit completely, and Beast is like, yeah, don't listen to him, please. It's not... (laughs) Yeah. So the previously on the X-Men for this episode is so long, by the way. It's like it tries to recap all of episodes one and two, which feels like a warning bell right out of the gate for this kind of show where it's like, oh, maybe not enough people watched episodes one and two or you're really worried that they didn't. And you're already establishing so many complicated plot lines. Uh oh. Anyway, let's go over all of episodes one and two, shall we? <laughs> this is kind of like X Men the Animated Series I know. again. Well, because they're doing these multi parters, which is like exactly what the network didn't want them to do. And I don't know if that was the case for this show, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so, previously on Wolverine and the X Men, uh, Charles luck. Xavier had a mysterious psychic attack. The mansion blew up. Just like as an aside. Yeah, the NBD. Like, Xavier had a mental attack and then also the mansion blew up. And a bunch of children died, but like, who cares? Gene is missing and Xavier is missing. Not dead, but missing. Right. Uh, so Senator Kelly is this anti-mutant senator who's trying to get a registration act passed for mutants and basically get sentinels off the ground, literally and figuratively. Teehee. Also, Rogue has decided to join up with the Brotherhood and date Domino. Love that for them. I mean, that's like really is 100% what's happening there. It's not even like I know. a joke. I, I ship it. I'm down. Um, Warren Worthington is still under the control of his father, who is super rich and financially supporting Warren, I guess. And mostly Warren is spending the money on just the X-Men secretly. But we'll get to that in this episode. Yeah. And um, Bobby and Kitty are the only two people who Logan and Beast managed to recruit into the X-Men so far because Scott and Logan had a fight and it didn't go well. Logan smashed into Scott's apartment, destroyed a bunch of stuff and then was like surprised that Scott didn't want to join the X-Men because I don't know, I guess that's like the sexy thing they used to do together. And Scott was like, I just don't have the energy for this anymore. I don't even know if it's like a sexy thing they're doing so much as Logan... Like this version of Logan really nails into everybody's heads that he's not somebody that does a whole lot of thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of tactical. There's just like uh, a lot of like kicking down doors for really no reason at all. Even in this episode, I was like, why did Logan kick down this door now? What is he doing? He kicked down Bobby's door as well. Last episode, there were two doors that got kicked down. We need to we need to keep a running count of this. You know, what's funny is that I'm not even like judging this in a bad way. I'm like, no, this does sound like Logan. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is the stupid shit that he would do. It absolutely is. And last the previous episode to this one, the Brotherhood managed to pull one over on Logan 
And that was like part of the plot that Logan is too stupid to figure out tactics. And the Brotherhood is aware of that. And they basically framed Logan for Senator Kelly's assassination attempt. Senator Kelly's alive, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But the X-Men have been framed. And now the idea of creating Sentinels is super popular because of that framed job. And the Brotherhood and the X-Men have been kind of equated and totally vilified in the public eye. That is true. Okay, so that is where we are at. And I want to say that it still feels like a continuation of X-Men evolution to me i don't know about you i felt i watched mm-hmm. this episode and i was like it still feels like it's oh, just i called it x-men evolution future but i cannot stop thinking about when you called it x-men evolved so that's the <laughs> real name of the show okay well that's what it's called now wolverine and the x-men evolved yes but there's like this whole bit in here that we're gonna open up to in a second with like warren talking to logan i i really felt like he was still the warren from x-men evolution except now we knew his backstory and why he was mm-hmm. living alone and not associating with the X-Men. And I feel like it makes so much more sense if you think about it from that perspective. Absolutely. Especially since we got to know so little about Warren on X-Men Evolution, there's a lot of room to flesh that out here, which is fun. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So let's open this up with the fact that that mansion is being rebuilt. Mm -hmm. We don't know by who yet. And I laughed really hard because the opening shot are these two guys slamming the gate into the wall, like the front gate. (laughs) repeatedly and i'm like what are they doing and then and then one turns and he gets this huge grin in his face and then the camera starts moving forward as it's walking and all the guys keep on looking and their jaws are dropping to the ground and they like stop to touch themselves and stuff and i'm like oh this must be emma such a weird scene it's not emma it's warren and logan i don't think it's logan and warren i think it's logan and warren later i think this is emma and then it goes to a different scene that's logan and warren because they're like inside and then the Are doorbell you sure? rings. Because it doesn't. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes more sense. <laughs> I mean, I like your version more where it's like all these guys being like, whoa, look at Warren Worthington. Wow. He's okay, so this hot. Is, I guess this is officially the first time that I think the show has animated something in a confusing way then, because I don't think it's obvious who the construction workers are looking you at. You know in what? Let's moment. let it be. It could be Mr. Sinister for all we know. And he could be wearing his like it's Mr. Sinister. huge thigh He's highs. carrying his camera up to the bushes that he's going to hide okay, in. Okay. Well, and... that is believable <laughs> given that it's like a POV show shot underneath somebody's arm it is a pov shot like it is we are through the eyes of the camera for this technically okay hold on let me just point this <laughs> out immediately getting distracted if it's from emma's no if it is in fact from emma's point of view right uh-huh. like it's not from where her head level it is it's from her actual boobs yeah i know well so also the trucks have a w on them so we do kind of know that it's warren worthington footing the bill for the construction okay i'm glad you figured that out because i didn't until you just told me that right now okay well also warren's gonna tell you right this second because i know that but i didn't know that that's what the w was for i was just like why does it say w i thought it was like workers No, it's for Worthington. Oh, my God. This okay. is me coming off of being sick for a week, and you can tell. It's a W for workers. Um, So inside, Warren and Logan are walking around. And They're so flirty <laughs> here. They're so they really flirty. They are. So, like, at one point, so Warren's talking about all the work being done on the mansion, and he's like, I'm fixing it all up for you. I'm spending so much on you, honey. And when he finishes his little monologue, he's like, what do you think? Oh, you don't look happy. Why aren't you happy? That's word for word what he says, which sounds like such a like married couple 
statement it's like bizarre also he's like batting his eyes at logan because that's how they chose to animate this scene and his hair is kind of fluttering in the non-existent wind and i'm like damn warren is just always in flirt mode yeah it does just kind of read like a couple of old queens who know each other really well and they're just yeah that's how he got that too yeah so logan is like sorry warren new building old ghosts but thanks and like I don't know. They have a certain chemistry that I wouldn't necessarily describe as romantic so much as just like they're both gay and they're buds. Yeah. So Warren is like, oh, you know, it's my dad's money, whatever. But don't thank him because he's under the impression this is just a regular prep school, which I don't think Warren Sr. is that stupid, but... I guess he's just probably not paying that much attention to what Warren's doing. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, he did, he did, uh, he did coordinate that insane plan in the last episode. I know. That got the X-Men caught. So he's pretty busy. So I'll give him that much, but I guess he's just not paying attention to what Warren's spending his money on or he knows and doesn't care. It's, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's going to come back or not. I know he's, he's not looking into his, his piggy bank there. Yeah. But then they open the door and Emma's just standing there and Warren's like, oh, I just came a little more like, oh, I guess Warren's not gay anymore. Supposedly. Supposedly. I mean, he's already hardcore flirty with her. Yeah. And he reaches out his hand and he's like, hey, I'm Warren. And she's like, Emma Frost. I'm just glad that Emma's finally here on a show. I know. She's got blue lipstick. She looks amazing. Perfect makeup. Um, Logan is like, yeah, I know who you are. The question is, why are you here? Okay. He never explains any of that, though. He kind of does later when he talks about the Massachusetts Academy, but it's like, why did he know? I guess if it's X-Men Evolution, Logan, it would be him be like, oh, yeah, back then when I was teaching here right like i knew about that and i mean the kids grew up well we didn't see it so like lots of other stuff happened in those intervening years right so like maybe yeah, another school right. popped up between x-men evolution and this show i felt like that was believable i mean x-men evolution was gonna do the whole x-men evolution was gonna do this plot that yeah. we're in right now like everything that we're seeing in this tv show was gonna be season five of x-men evolution mm-hmm. so we just have to go ahead and assume that it was in that vein so then uh emma's like i've decided to join the x-men which is hilarious and logan's like you decided well here's my decision no and then he just walks away (laughs) and emma's like if you know who i am then you're aware i never come empty-handed and logan is like what could you possibly offer us besides trouble and she's like i can find professor xavier for you which i don't really want to find professor xavier but I'm glad Emma has no, a bargaining chip. No, nobody here chip. does, but Logan <laughs> does. Know. Then it's cut to credits. Uh, yep. We come back, and Warren thinks that Emma's telling the truth. And Logan yep. is like, yeah, but she, she's working an angle. She's got to be working an angle, which is Logan's whole thing in this episode is like, so everyone's working an angle. Everyone's doing these things. And like every single everyone's time he's trying to trick wrong, me. And, like, and it's like, Logan, maybe you're just like, dumb traumatized <laughs> no i don't think he's dumb i think he's yeah. actually this would i would that's buy that he's sad. traumatized with the fact where he's like everybody's out to get me and trying to trick me because that has happened to me in weapon yeah, x yeah i guess you're right but that's also like why he isn't a good leader and why it's interesting yeah. because he's so paranoid and can't accept help from other people no he can't uh so next kitty bobby and beast all walk into the room and kitty immediately looks so annoyed at emma while yeah. bobby's trying to pretend to be straight <laughs> Which is like the theme of this whole scene. And Logan's like talking to Emma. And this is where he brings up what you just said about like, you know, Emma used to be the former headmaster of the Massachusetts Academy. Sure. It's a little different from how it goes in the comic books, but I'm glad they incorporated it. And I love this line where Logan says it was a school that tried to imitate Xavier's Institute. And Emma's just like, 
I didn't know that Charles Xavier held a monopoly on helping young mutants, which is like so perfect (laughs) because it's so Emma. She's the one that would be like, Xavier, you're not the only one that gets to do this shit. Yeah. And you're doing it poorly. Absolutely. And Logan is like, yeah, but you didn't help them. You taught them how to bully people. And Emma's like, regardless of how some of my students may have behaved, I built my school for all the right reasons, which I like this quote, too, because it's like there's plenty of students that didn't do well after leaving Xavier's school. And also Xavier basically refused to allow any student with any possible behavioral problem into his house at all, which I think was a mistake. Oh, my God. I know that. I mean, that's the entire show of X-Men Evolution. I know. So whatever. I'm still on Emma's side here. And Logan's like, yeah, you closed it down. Why? And Emma's like, I don't want to fucking tell you that. And Logan's like, well, then you have to leave okay, because you know, I want to know everything. <laughs> I know. And Logan, by the I'm with Sydney, everybody like, Logan, your school also shut down. Yeah. Because it blew up. <laughs> and you don't even know why it shut down or who was attacking you. And you're mad. And then everybody left. And you ran away. Like, yeah. that's what happened. And like, yeah. the only person who stayed was Beast. And it's also like, don't you think maybe the mansion is a dangerous place to be because you were just attacked there? <laughs> yeah, and like, yet you're like questioning Emma. Like, look, it's being so, I don't well, know. Well, I guess he could, he could be theorizing that Emma was the one behind the attack. But then like, why would she come back and be like, I can help you find Xavier? I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I don't know. It is Emma. She's pretty uh, manipulative That's and, and true. a really interesting kind of way. However, I do like how I was like, fine. I guess I'll just let you know that I can't run a school full of children if all my children are dead. And everyone's like, <gasps> they don't say it that way. They say taken away. But like, yeah. where did they go? <laughs> and she talks about how anti-mutant crusaders attacked them. So it's like, oh. Yeah, that's where I'm like, it really sounds like somebody came and killed her children to me. Yeah. Or kidnapped them or God knows what reported them to the MRDs and they're in jail forever. Now, like, it's like what we, yeah, we I, don't know. I, I, Emma basically got screwed over here and managed to escape, even though her kids didn't. Right. And she's like, I miss teaching and I miss being part of a team, which is tragic. And Logan is like, why this team? And Emma's like, because we need each other. And then uh, Logan is still refusing her. And she's like, you can't operate Cerebro without a telepath. And this is where Beast and Wolverine exchange a look where they're kind of like, hmm, okay, that's a little suspicious. And Logan's like, so that's what this is about. You want access to Cerebro. And Emma's like, it's your best hope of finding missing mutants. And Logan's like, sorry, it was destroyed in the blast. And Emma like, and then she, like already pauses. knows that it's almost ready. She's like, its repairs are nearly complete. Well, she reads his mind. Or like reads the construction worker's mind. I mean, like who the hell knows? She just already knows everything about how everything's going here. She just goes, read me when it's ready. Yeah. And then she leaves and Bobby holds the door open for her. And Kitty's like, she's a telepath, remember? She knows what you're thinking. And Bobby's like, oh shit, she knows I'm gay. I wrote the exact same thing down. There's also this moment where Emma kind of like puts her hand on Bobby's chin like she feels sorry for him. And it's like very funny if you think that it's because she's like, he's gay. This poor child. Well, you have to remember that Iceman and Emma do have that weird history together in the comic books when she was in that coma and -hmm. then she woke up and freaked out and went into Bobby's body to go find her children while Bobby's like, no, your children are dead. And so they have like this whole thing like uh, where Bobby's trying to help Emma and Emma's like in total denial. So sometimes in the future comics, they do come back to that. Like, I mean, he's part of the Marauders now, but I've always really enjoyed that that's sort of their relationship is that Emma was able to like hop into Bobby's brain because she's like, well, this guy's queer. So 
and I know the queers, they love me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, they do have a, they, I don't know if they have much of a relationship on this show or not, but I did like this little moment. No, I think this was like a little nod to the comics, honestly. So Logan and Hank are then walking down a hallway together. This is like, okay, wait, this is so funny because Logan's like, I don't trust Emma. And Beast is like, dude, shut the fuck up and just let her help us. Like, <laughs> It's really funny. It's so funny. Um, Beast is like exasperated in this whole episode. Like everything that Logan does, Beast is like, Logan, why? Why are we doing it this way? I I just don't even understand. Like you're not even presenting me an an argument. You're just doing shit. You're pushing buttons. Why are you pushing those buttons? Like that's Beast. (laughs) It's so great. Um, So then Logan like huffs and storms off and he's like, I guess I gotta get Cerebro repaired because apparently we're doing this now. And Hank is just like, well, yeah, because it's like literally our only option. But sure. So then Logan walks into another room and a bunch of drones show up and like start attacking him because Forge is going to be on this show. This Forge is, by the way, it's not really like comic book Forge. It's very X-Men Evolution Forge where he's still like young. It does feel like it. And like he's 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 like 18, you know, 19 years old yeah. and kind of like the hippie version of Forge that we met on X-Men Evolution who was like displaced in time. I felt like it was just the same character again. It's just now he has a goatee. I thought it was. I felt the same way because Forge is a much older character in the comic books and like that's part of his history. Right. But here he's a kid. Which fits with the evolution timeline uh, where he was brought back to their timeline at like the same age as Nightcrawler and them. Yeah. So anyway, Forge is young and a goofball and he's messing with some wires and not paying any attention to any of his drones. He's trying to fix the danger room. So he's like installing a bunch of guns and shit that are all attacking Logan. So we get a little fight scene and Logan's shirt gets torn off. It's great. It's fun to watch. Um, I was like, why is Forge? I wrote Forge is apparently repairing the danger room. He somehow blames Logan for it being blown apart. And then I said, for some reason, Forge decides to attack Logan with robots, probably to watch his clothes fall off. Yeah, I did think the same thing. But then also Forge seems genuinely annoyed at Logan when he sees him. So I'm like, I don't know if this is a touch. Well, that's because like the whole room's been destroyed. And Logan's like, told ya. And Forge's like, what's even fucking happening? I don't I didn't write all this down. But Logan's like, Forge, I need you on Cerebro. And Forge is like, okay, but you had me on the Blackbird. You took me off the Blackbird to put me on Cerebro. And they took me off Cerebro to put me on the Danger Room. And now you're taking me off the Danger Room to put me on Cerebro again. And Logan's like... (laughs) Forge is like, I can't do everything. I'm just one person. Like, decide where we're going to go. I feel like Forge is in the same headspace as Beast in this. Where they're both like, why? Like, slow down. It's just yet another example of how Logan is not exactly nailing the whole leader thing. It's a fun little scene that shows that he's really disorganized and overwhelmed. Repeatedly in this whole episode. Because yeah. then they go into Cerebro and Emma's there now. <laughs> and I, I have to talk about this because Beast goes, Emma, would you like to, I would like you to meet Forge. And Emma just goes, I don't fucking care. And keeps walking. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, she actually so says, good. let's dispense with the pleasantries. But it's like the funniest scene. Like, she's just like, I truly don't want to know who any of you are. I I just, was like, I just move don't with my life. give a shit about whoever this like unwashed teenager is that's covered <laughs> in metal. Like, I just don't care. And there's this like little moment where Forge kind of like looks deflated for a moment and is just like, oh, OK, I guess I don't matter. Um, so then Emma sits <laughs> down at Cerebro and starts to put on the helmet and Logan quickly grabs her wrist and is like, you're on hallowed ground here, lady. Don't make me regret this. Oh, my God. Logan, stop. It's so overprotective. And Emma is like, perhaps you'd rather I didn't find the professor. 
you enjoy being in charge, don't you? And then Logan like gets really sensitive and is like, oh, I guess I'm being kind of a dick today. Um, like Beast and Forge are just nodding in the background. Yeah. Forge <laughs> tries to give Emma instructions at one point and she's like, please, I read your mind on the way in, which is yeah, also it's really like, funny. He's like instructing her and she's just like rolling her she's eyes. She's like, I already like, know oh, exactly how to use I this. I already know. I read your entire life history from like the 10 steps I took down this little platform and we're just like whoa <laughs> yeah they're they've forgotten what that feels like because xavier hasn't been around so yeah. um emma puts her hands on the console she starts looking around and she f- sees this big castle which as soon as i saw the castle i was like oh it looks like genosha because of course i think we've talked about this on the show before the fact that this show starts off with xavier being on genosha i feel like we've talked about yeah. that because it's a classic magneto xavier ship that we it's a good example of the ship it is a good example also i think at some point we were talking to slack like at the beginning of the show you're like i love this show no we weren't talking to slack it was here on the podcast you were like <laughs> i love this show xavier's dead i'm like yeah that lasts like two episodes so well, enjoy it while it lasts it does last i mean two- technically Technically, we'll, we'll it get lasts to it. 20 we'll get, years, yeah, but we'll whatever. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, but he doesn't... He's not quite back. Anyway, so she sees Xavier inside this weird castle, like Princess Peach, and it's like, hmm, where is that? <laughs> and so then she takes off the helmet, and Logan's like, where is he? And Emma's like, he's in Genosha with his ex-boyfriend, which I feel like you guys should have guessed. And everybody's like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Except for Logan just starts screaming. Yeah, and he, he's like, so bad. runs out of the room, and Beast is like... Maybe we should contact Magneto. Like, maybe and ask we should him just give Xavier. him a call. Let's just give him a call. And Logan's like, no, we have to attack him because he's clearly responsible for this. And he's the one who blew up the mansion. And Beast goes, there's literally no evidence supporting that claim. Like, which is yeah. so funny. It's Beast is so like, so funny. I laughed out loud at that line. The way that it's delivered, where Hank is like, there's literally so no evidence good. of that, is like so deadpan and hilarious. He's like, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, you're just <laughs> screaming shit. Like, but also, Logan won't back down. He's just like, Charles was kidnapped. This was absolutely non-consensual. They're definitely not just back together again. That's not what it is. And we need to attack Magneto. And Hank is just like face palming in the background. Like that's, He's like, that's not what's happening. Not what's going like, on here. Logan, like read the room. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, then where do we go? Where do we go, Maddie? We go to Scott's disgusting bachelor pad again. <laughs> it's like so bad. I know he like kind of fixed it, quote unquote, by like cramming the TV into one of the holes in the wall and then boarding. And then up like the boarding other the other wall. I you know, I know oh, it's supposed Scott. to represent that he's so depressed that he like cannot function. Also, he has like less furniture now. Like the only thing in the room is a bed. And I feel like he had other furniture the last time we saw this room, but I, I, I don't could even be know, wrong. Like, like, is this, is, is he in a studio, an apartment? Does he have more rooms? I don't even know. He's just lying in bed every single day, staring at the ceiling, hoping that Gene just like appears, materializes. It's like, dude, you really have nothing without her, which is kind of says everything. I know it's rough. But then Logan just breaks down the door again. <laughs> we, I guess we don't even see him hear him come in. He, Cyclops just turns around and Logan's just there. Yeah. And Logan's just pointing his claws at Scott's face. Why? And Scott immediately is like about to remove his sunglasses and like kill whoever the intruder is. Right. And Logan is like, holster those eye beams, frat boy, which is like funny because he's not a frat boy, but I guess it's a joke about the apartment. And Scott is like, there's nothing else you could say, Logan. I'm not coming back. This is also like they broke up. I was like, I know what? How many people is Logan? Like how many relationships is Logan in on this one show? Because so far it's been Warren, 
Beast, and now is Scott, which I think... Warren and Scott have X vibes, though. Beast is the current. Well, but I feel like Scott, Logan, and Jean were like in some weird threesome and they realized they were Absolutely. all having sex with each other. That's what I feel like. I agree. I agree. But then, it, wait, fucking Logan's like, Magadino has Charles. And Scott's just like, Jean? And it's like, dude. <laughs> no. It's like, no. Jean wasn't in that sentence and she doesn't <laughs> exist right yeah, now. Yeah, Logan's like, did I fucking say Jean? <laughs> And Scott's just like, but what about Jean? I want to know Jean. You know Jean Grey. G J O G E N E. Wait, J. I don't know how to spell my girlfriend's name. Yeah, it's G E N E. That's that's how it's spelled. Um. So then there's like this really long pause where Scott's sitting there and he's like, "Well, Jean's not involved in this. Do I give a shit?" And then we like see a new scene where finally Cyclops is there. He's wearing his anti suit. He's wearing a trench coat over it. I hope he took a shower. I don't know if he took a shower. I feel like he doesn't. I don't think he's so. being led by Logan, who is like famous for not taking showers. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And also Bobby and Kitty and Hank are there and they're also in their X-Men suits. It's very dramatic. It is. It's a very dramatic shot. And then Logan's like, hang your lights on. And then okay, I, I thought that was so funny because it's just about a Logan. Wa- I imagine it's Logan like a walking fucking in. clap on like it's like, why isn't voice activated. That's what I wrote down. I was like, he walks into the hangar. He's like, <laughs> lights on. It's I was so like, funny oh, that it's voice God. activated. Like, what's the purpose of that? Okay, so then the lights <laughs> also, turn on. Also, what happened to clap on lights? Where, where? Yeah, when are they gonna bring back clap on? Like, and clap off. Oh my god, that was such a trend. I feel like our listeners are too young to know about clap on and clap off lights. The eighties and nineties were just like a wild time in terms of inventions. It was like the shit we were inventing was not useful. Not useful at all. It's like. Prior to voice activated stuff being something that we could do, but we could do clap on. Yeah. Like the sound of two claps was like enough that it could turn something on. <laughs> also, like touch lamps, those aren't really around anywhere either. Yeah. That's so crazy. Anyway, so Logan has a clap on light. Um, so Forge pops out of the bottom of the Blackbird and he's like, Oh, where'd you guys come from? And it's like the door. Anyway, <laughs> Logan is like, just tell me she can fly. And Forge is like, absolutely. And then like something clatters off the back of the jet, and I he's know. like, Probably. And Beast is like, maybe we should wait until the repairs are done. And Logan's like, no, no he can make a run while we're in this guy. He'll just keep on repairing it. We all have to go right now because Magneto's going to blow up everything. And we're like, Logan. <laughs> it's so dumb. Take a breath. Drink some whiskey. Do something. Like, you were just like. Just have a cigar and calm down. Beast get laid. Like, I mean, this is like really so much energy yeah. that's just totally chaotic. and i feel like ordinarily like a like a version of scott who had his shit together would first of all be the leader instead of logan and would also be like calling him on his shit but instead scott is just standing there being like a depressed shell yeah so then emma walks in and the door <laughs> closes behind her and scott sees her and like gasps and then emma walks by and sees scott and is just like wow you look like a piece of shit like she just like openly <laughs> insults him to his face she's just like hey hey little bitch boy anyway bye and scott is like who's that and logan's like temporary and it's like mm, oh okay, my god it's so funny emma's so good on this show she's amazing so they get all the back blackbird it comes out of the fucking basketball court which i'm like can we stop doing the homage to the fox film where they do this like Please make it stop. I don't know. I'm over and it. So, so this scene is really funny, though, because it's Forge and Hank trying to fix the Blackbird while it's flying. And so they're just like saying sci-fi jargon to each other while like stepping on top of Logan's crotch. And he's just like sitting there like, why is this happening to Meanwhile, me? Meanwhile, Beast's crotch is like in Logan's face. Logan's yeah, face. it's so funny. At one point, like, like something falls and then almost 
lands on Logan. So Beast saves Logan, quote unquote, by wrapping his arms around him romantically and pulling it's him cute. to embrace them. They just stay like that. And I was I like, love it. I love that they just pulled a like, Logan accidentally falls romantically into somebody's arms. It's not a lady's. It's Hank still. But this show. It's Hank because they're besties. Right? I really honestly feel like this show really wanted them to be together. Like that is the vibe I am getting. They do seem like two dads of the x-men like they, they they're really very do. like odd couple in a lot of ways like they're having little married couple arguments about like what they should do i don't know it's i i dig it a lot uh so they don't have stealth online and then forge hands look at a bunch of live wires and is like don't let this touch anything and there's like this shot of logan with just like this totally blank expression just holding the wires in the air that i thought was really funny i thought it was really funny too so then bobby's asleep and completely frozen and blowing ice breath on Kitty, who is like, oh, my God, wake up. Stop. Yeah, she's really channeling like that X-Men evolution Kitty pride again. She is. And it's also like, are they dating? They're both gay. Anyway, so <laughs> Kitty is like, wake up. You're freezing in your sleep again. And Bobby's like, sorry. And she's like, how can you nap at a time like this? The jet's falling apart. We're going up against Magneto. And did I mention the jet's falling apart? And Bobby's like, who cares about the jet? I'm not worried about Magneto. Wolverine's got his number. And I just wrote, Wolverine's the one person on this jet who can't fight Magneto. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why is anyone allowing him to even go I there? Know. Which I love that Magneto instantly makes fun of that as soon as he sees Logan. I do too. Because it's amazing. I also enjoy that Bobby's just openly bored by this mission. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's just like, I don't really give a shit. I'm asleep. So like, <laughs> bye. Then Scott's just staring at Emma and Emma turns around and she's like, you want to ask me about Jean? So just fucking do it. And Cyclops is like, <laughs> Like, well, Jean, did you censor on Genosha? And she's like, that's how Cerebro works. And I did not censor. Given the time, I could probably find her if Logan keeps me here. And Cyclops is like, why would he ever get rid of you? You're perfect in every way. I want you to step on my balls. <laughs> and she's like, I know. And just like turns around and keeps <laughs> ignoring him. Pretty much. So then the jet is like going over the water and there's some fog. Which I think is being caused by a mutant, but it doesn't state who or why. We just have to assume that's the reason. Mm-hmm. And so Hank is like, we're concealed from their radar, but visually we stick out like a, well, like a black jet in a bright sky, which is also very funny. They, they give Hank a yeah. lot of funny lines on the show. I feel like Beast is like the best character so far on this show. He's amazing. I love him. So then Forge manages to get the stealth on the jet working just in time for them to land and then it, there's like a cool shot of the jet like being invisible landing on a rooftop but you can like sort of see it because it's iridescent i don't know how they did that effect but i liked it yeah so kitty phases out of the jet to like be the lookout and then she's like okay it's all clear and they all go out okay wait that was really funny because it's it's supposed to be like super discreet but it's like really obvious when like <laughs> 10 characters just pop out of thin air and i, I was know. like oh boy there's yeah. obviously should be here as if magneto can't sense it magneto can sense all of this and there's also like one final line where hank is like logan are you sure that we should be going in Again. attacking the <laughs> everybody here and logan is like just pops his claws silently and it's like why are we doing this like we could have just asked yeah i know well it's pretty funny because it's it leads up to a great joke it where he's eventually gonna be like uh you're all stupid but <laughs> i guess they get in because iceman slides them down or something i don't really know what happens yeah, here I, that shot's really quick but bobby makes an ice slide okay i just started laughing really hard at this they're like all right we got to get to magneto all right team let's go and they all run in opposite directions not together <laughs> and just start baiting on shit and i was like you guys are not 
subtle. Like, like just opening doors. Lily's like opening doors and slamming again. Cyclops is just blowing holes through walls for really no reason. And Iceman's icing everything. I'm like, you guys are so noisy. Yeah. If he can't sense you because of Logan's metal, the fucking ship that just flew in, he can fucking hear you now. I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. It's absurd. It's like there's this iron maze and they can't figure out their way through it. I laughed it. really hard. I laughed really hard too. It also like reminded me of D-Man where like I feel like we did so many <laughs> yeah. scenes where it was like it'll be funny if we just open and close a bunch of random doors and don't know where we're going. And it's like I don't think this scene is supposed to be funny, but maybe it is. But I it's really funny. It was, it's also funny in juxtaposition with like Emma who's silently using her mind to figure out where everyone is. And I was like, meanwhile, everyone's just baning shit in the background. Yeah, and, and like, it's like yeah. there's this moment where Emma looks kind of sad and I don't know what the purpose of that is but it's funny if you interpret it as her just being like why the fuck am I here like why am I with these idiots it's so oh my God. funny wait so then of course Logan all of a sudden gets pulled through a metal wall and just was slammed around this whole fucking building yeah of until course until eventually he's just in a room with Magneto and Magneto goes Hello, bitch. Why did a man with metal bones break into my house? And Logan's like, your house? You blew up our house first. And Maggie's like, like, I know I, I didn't. literally have no idea what the fuck you're saying. Like, it's really funny. He, he's also like, I'm offended that you're accusing me of this because there's literally no reason I would have done that. And I don't know why you're here. And then like Scott blasting and he's like, you're done, Magneto. By the way, Magneto. <laughs> is doing an amazing Ian McKellen impression. I looked up who it is that's doing it. And it's this guy, Tom Kane, who does Yoda and the Clone Wars and a bunch of other performances as Magneto in the video game. So I think basically they just told him like, do your best Ian McKellen. And he's like a career voice actor who can already do a Yoda impression. So he was just like, sure, I can do Ian McKellen. He just sounds amazing. Anyway, Magneto then just creates a bunch of metal shields to like block everything and like pin all the X-Men to various walls. It's like pretty fantastic. It's amazing. Bobby makes an ice boomerang and like breaks Magneto's helmet at one point. Okay, I don't don't even understand how that worked. He made an ice blade that is so sharp that it cut his helmet in half. Absurd. And Emma announces to everyone, she's like, now that his helmet's fallen off, I can go into his mind. I'm like, well, that's for the viewers. Uh, (laughs) And then so Emma's doing that and Magneto falls to the ground and he's screaming but he uses Logan to like he throws Logan into Emma and Beast and pins them to a wall. Yeah. Then he does this cool thing where he picks up his helmet and then like molds it back together with his powers. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Kitty comes running at him and Kitty's like, it's not gonna work on me. I can phase through anything. And Magneto he was like, I'm just going to drop the floor from underneath you and give you like one tile to stand on. And Kitty's like, uh. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, honestly. Okay, then then Magneto goes over to Logan and Logan screams, we didn't come looking for trouble. And Magneto's like, you clearly just did. Like, I don't even know why you're like pretending like, what you're doing you is not that. you and tried to kill me. And then he like. You just like trashed my house and started busting holes through walls yeah. and like banging doors and shit it's like very rude and so then he like lifts up logan's claws and is like gonna make logan kill his friends and then logan's like wait it was my fault and magneto stops and is like yes it is and what would charles think of this little commando raid of yours i dare say he wouldn't approve and logan's like we know he's here just take us to him and magneto's like all you had to do was ask and then immediately lets them all down and just like snaps his fingers and swooshes his cape away like bitch I can do whatever I want it really is like Ian McKellen's Magneto because he's so sassy too and he's got a little little sway to his hips he does he's very he's very queenly I I just really enjoy him because it's like literally why didn't they just call him on the phone 
Logan is a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, B said that like three times I leading did. up to this. Beast and then the joke best. is that that's what they should have done, which Absolutely. is really great. So then they go to this beautiful princess canopy bed where Charles is lying in a coma and it's literally Princess Peach scenario. It looks like Katie Mack's bed in <laughs> high school. Yeah. And Magneto's like, I found him like this on the coastline, sprawled on the rocks. And like Kitty is like, professor, and runs over to him. And then everybody follows. And Eric just kind of sadly stands there and is like, yeah, go ahead. And Emma walks up and is like, he has no brain activity, which is actually like really bad. I know. That's like pretty fucked. And everyone looks really sad. And Eric is like, Charles is a dear friend who I've been sleeping with for years. All I've been doing is caring for him here. To which Logan's like, uh, no, bitch, you're afraid of him. Admit it. You never, you never fucked. Nobody's gay here. I don't even know what you're saying. It's like, oh yeah, Logan. <laughs> and Magneto and Logan start like snarling at each other, which is a really funny scene. Logan is just like screaming a bunch of shit, to which Beast literally pushes Logan out of the way to stand in front of Magneto. And he's like, what he's trying to do is ask you if we could take Xavier home. It's like... <laughs> really funny because beast has been like tolerating all of logan's stupid bullshit up until this point and when she's like all right i'm just taking over because logan is like wildly out of control of doing this yeah and magneto right. immediately is like of course you're his children his place is with you however i wish you would all consider making genosha your home no more violence no more and logan just interrupts him and is like yeah we've seen the billboards thanks but no thanks and magneto's like the offer stands and just like swirls away and then he's like does a little one-liner right before he leaves where he's like, the next time you decide to stop by, use the front door. It's really good. And Logan just looks mad. And it's like, Logan, you fucked up. Okay, though. also they're like, but why does Magneto have him? Like, why are you bringing it to us? I'm like, because nobody was at your school. Again, the same problem that we just brought up when you were like criticizing Emma Frost. It's like, your school was gone. It blew up. Yeah. Emma's school didn't blow up. Genosha didn't blow up. Also, he's a mutant, so maybe somebody just dropped him off there because they were like, well, he's a mutant. I mean, I don't know. It's Genosha. It's honestly the safest place that an unconscious savior could have washed up. I don't know why they took him away from Genosha, honestly. I know they should have just left him there, but whatever. Well, they get a bring him back to the x-mansion because now they're putting xavier in like this snow white class case and like they all are. the x-men are standing around like the seven fucking doors and like yeah logan's just grumpy kitty's like <laughs> bashful bobby's probably dopey uh uh but beast has got to be doc oh my uh, who god am I missing? was forge even in this scene he was forge is and emma is i don't know the sneezy uh okay i guess forge is sneezy and emma is <laughs> sleepy i don't know <laughs> i don't know all the no, dwarves names i would say xavier's sleepy because he's sleepy snow white anyway so everyone's standing around him sadly for some reason i really can't relate to this yeah everybody's really sad and then they hear this creepy whispering <laughs> it's like actually really creepy they're like it is. i'm here i'm here <laughs> and everyone's looking around them, they're like what the fuck is that now? But they're like not worried because they're so used to the X-Men are so used to so much stupid shit. Yeah. They're just like, they're, they're like, like, oh, what the hey, fuck Char- is happening? It's like, it's, they all recognize it's Charles. They're like, oh yeah, Charles is whispering in our heads again. Oh, it's no, just it's like, like he's Beast. alive. <laughs> Beast is the one that's like, wait a second, that's Charles. And they're like, oh, and then Xavier's head floats above them all of a sudden. Like he became Zordon from the fucking Power Rangers. He does become Zordon. And Xavier's like, hello, I have amnesia. He's 
like, hi, everybody. Wait, it's like really funny. It's like, it's been 20 years. Uh, and I've been in this coma for 20 years. And I'm talking to you for the future. But I can't tell you how I know that because I also have amnesia. And it's like, wow, this plot just got really complicated. Really I know. Quick. This is like a Logan level of amnesia where it's like some of your amnesia is there. And sometimes yeah, it's, it's not. like really so. fucking funny that that's how he opens it up. He's like, hi, I'm Xavier. That's all I know. And everybody's like, wait, what? I'm in the future. We have a lot of questions for you about what the fuck is going on. He's like, I don't remember the past 20 years. I was just in a coma. Uh, I don't yeah. even remember what happened to put me in the coma. And they're like, well, that fucking doesn't help anybody else. Yeah. And he's like, well, here, let me quickly show you what's happening here in the future. And we see that Days of Future Past has happened. And the Sentinels are yeah, just... Yeah, it's basically like Bishop's Dark Future from Days of Future Past. It's actually a pretty terrifying scene. It is. It's basically like NYC is completely dilapidated. There's helicopters with searchlights and huge Sentinels walking around. There's Sentinels actually killing people in the background. I was like, yeah. Jesus. And it's like, there's no human life. And so then Hank is just like, Charles, how the fuck did this happen? And then they all get like <laughs> transported back to the war room again. Oh my God. This explanation made me crazy. Cause he was I like, know. unless the X-Men stay together, this future is going to happen. And the only way that can work is if Logan's in charge. And I was like, oh dear God. Okay. And also like Scott immediately throws a tantrum at that and walks out like just silently. Okay. Wait, wait, I, I, I have to go ahead and spoil this because we won't remember this by the time we get to the end of the series but season two didn't happen but season one's cliffhanger is that they did the sequence events that would stop this from happening and then they check it with like, xavier and xavier's like uh so the future changed and now it's something else terrible and it's apocalypse so all that shit you just did doesn't matter because now there's another shitty future happening mm. and that's what season two was going to be about we didn't get to see that but it's really funny knowing that that Xavier sitting here be like, the only way we could stop the shitty future is if Logan keeps all the X-Men together. And as it turns out, it really doesn't do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps stop the Sentinels, but it doesn't stop Apocalypse. Yeah, that's very funny. It's very like Jonathan Hickman-esque to just be like, uh, yeah. well, now there's another timeline that like is also broken. Oh my God. Can you imagine if Moira McTaggart was at the level that she is now for this show? Oh my God. Ugh. Anyway, we don't, we don't have to get into that. I just think it's funny that that's also happening in the modern comics now i just i'm just happy that you've caught up with all the jonathan and hickman stuff i know i've really enjoyed it i'm reading all of x-force now moira is like the worst character to exist in the universe right like she's terrible across the board she's pretty bad but i still really hate xavier so xavier's pretty bad too i mean like he's like forgiving her it's so whatever yeah i know anyway so anyway scott angrily walks out of the room as soon as he hears that logan is gonna lead the x-men which is funny and also kind of fair and so then logan turns to the glowing head of charles xavier and he's like, I don't know, Charles, this hasn't been a good fit, which is also a funny line. <laughs> and Charles is like, make it fit, Logan. Otherwise, all is lost. And it's like, why? But I whatever. Know. I don't know. So then Scott gets to the door and he's like about to walk out of it. And Xavier just goes, Scott, do not abandon the team. We cannot win this without you, son. And like calls him son. And Scott kind of turns around. Oh, my God. Very manipulative. Like, Didn't love yeah, it. Back to Xavier being Xavier. And then Xavier was like, I have to go. And I was like, why? Like, where? what do you have to? He's like, because it turns out he's got to put Cerebro down in the future to stand up and run yep. away. And yes, it's like, you're right, actually. So we in the future, we see Xavier 
and he stands up and he has robot legs and he starts running <laughs> and then he runs through a graveyard that has wolverine's grave and i was like how did wolverine die i have so I don't many know. questions i want to point out that it showed like all the x-men's names they're like they're all dead except storm i didn't see storm's name was there yeah storm's fine storm's like yeah fuck this whatever <laughs> storm just leaves she goes to and like moves to another planet oh she's like i'm good i'm just gonna go fix another planet and terraform it so meanwhile x-men is like they're all standing there looking at the glass case a logan's like uh okay team speech <laughs> well we're a team so we gotta use teamwork to make the future right and i'm like wow oh my god and he like stares into the camera and he's like the world needs the x-men and for some reason i'm leading it and scott is like sighing in the background loudly and then it smashes to credits it's incredible well first there's like a dramatic shot everyone like posing like super goth except for bobby who's grinning like an idiot and it's like <laughs> really funny oh my god that's the episode guys it, I, I know they're making it. a lot of fun of it but like you know maddie and i are pretty punchy it's been a long week it has <laughs> been i did really enjoy this episode i love the introduction of emma frost every single one of her lines was fucking hilarious i love the blend of like villain is is she a villain is she not a villain and all the mind reading she's doing where she's just like i don't have time for this i'm just gonna read everyone's <laughs> minds which like does make her seem a little evil but she's so funny that it just really carries it that scene where like she was being introduced to forge and she's like i really like, I don't, don't give, give a, a shit. shit i was like oh my god <laughs> i also loved like logan trying to interrogate her about her school and her just being like you're rude and i don't want to talk to you like what's your <laughs> problem like i just i like that she what's doesn't take shit with from anyone man like what's yeah, happening here it's hilarious i loved every single one of hank's lines in the episode just 10 out of 10 for every single one of them. The dialogue alone in this episode is like a like a 5 really out of 5 good. X's, right? It's really well written. I feel written. like I gotta give it another 5. I love this show. What can I say? I do too. I don't love that Xavier's back and he's like Zardoz now or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Zardon, Zordon. Excuse Zordon me, and Zardoz. He's a huge head this either is just way. Like, you don't know anything about Power Rangers. Just like Denver the Dinosaur. No, I'm talking about Zardoz as in the movie with the giant stone head that spits out oh, guns. Yeah, okay. Oh, Oh my god, I forgot about that. I thought you were talking about Zordon. Okay. okay. Well, there's multiple sci-fi franchises that have giant heads in them, Brian, and it's important that we get all of them in because Xavier is that for Listen, some fucking I reason. I only give a shit about Power Rangers. That's valid. Um. Anyway, I'm giving it a five out of five. I I don't know. It's another great app. I freaking loved it, and I'm so glad Emma's here and that she's this badass. I had remembered liking her on this show for some reason, even though I can barely remember this show. But this is clearly why. Clearly, I just thought she was hilarious because she is. I agree with you. I give it a five out of five for the pretty much all the same reasons um the dialogue it's really what stands out to me i think there's some very clever setups for jokes here that i i mean it works on kids but it's very adult like in the sense that beast keeps on me like logan just call magneto and then it turns out like they could have just called magneto is really great i i like that the mutants aren't like villains to each other on this show i think that's something that i really appreciate like yeah magneto doesn't get along with wolverine and the x-men and man, yeah wolverine does get along with emma frost but they're all kind of working together and i like that i appreciate that because the greater evil is like fucking senator kelly so i don't know mm -hmm. i also really enjoy like warren's weird shit on this show like he like, I know that he's got quite the journey to go, and it's really fucked up and depressing because, of course, it is. It's a Warren, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, this isn't from the comics, like Warren's weird, controversial relationship with his father. They, mm -hmm. they took it from that 
movie x-men 3 and they're like well let's expand on that mm-hmm. i actually think it works it's something that they created that i think works really well and i'm here for it so yeah but yeah i agree with you i can't really add anything to what you said other than like the dialogue's great and there needs to be more emma frost emma frost needs her own show her mm-hmm. own movie her <laughs> own comic book series her own video game her own no- novel series of novels what kind of novels would they be though is a real question <laughs> know her making fun of everybody else uh also magneto was freaking amazing in this episode i i mean i know we're about to talk about emma for like 10 years but i just wanted to talk about magneto really quickly because i think he was so fun to watch and i just really enjoyed the vindication He's like his cape around. of knowing like how stupid it is for wolverine to try to take on magneto and to have every character be like are we sure about this and then magneto himself being like ha this was dumb. Like, why did you think this Magnus was going to work? like, why are you all fucking ridiculous? Yeah, it was so great. I loved that that was how that ended. I thought it was really perfect. It's, it feels like a love letter to us specifically in so many ways. I also feel like it's a love letter to all of us X-Men Evolution fans. I feel like everything in this still felt like a continuation of everything, especially Brittany Forge on. Except Magneto rules now. That's something they've fixed, yeah. is that Magneto is back to being awesome. And not being Mr. Sinister. Yeah, and also Mr. Sinister is going to be on this show, so... Yes, he is. That'll be fun. Anyway, um, we have a very important segment to get to. We do. Shall we? We shall. Who's that X-Men? She's number one, number one. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Finally, the completion of everybody's it's list. It's actually about Logan. Everybody's bingo cards. It's not Logan. We've already done Logan. You know what? Okay, well, yes. I think at this point, everybody knows who my number one X-Men is going to be. And they will not be surprised to hear me say that it is, in fact, Emma Frost. She is at the top of my list. It's been a long time since I even talked about my favorite X-Men. I know, but it's important because we're completing the list today. And I think people are like, well, I guess it's not Logan. It's not Jubilee. Who the heck could it be? in the number one slot you know what there's one character on my list that hasn't been revealed okay hold on i didn't reveal that x23 is one of my favorite characters but she's on the list she's at number 18 just so y'all know so y'all just don't know who number seven is oh okay do i do i know who it is you do so not to derail this too much but is the is it a character that we're going to get to eventually oh god she appears a very shitty 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 version of her appears on the gifted okay Okay. And I may, there may be a Patreon video with me pretending to be her. I think that just oh. blatantly gives that away. Okay, that does give it away. Okay, great. So that's Emma Frost is in my number one. And I messaged Maddie. I'm like, she's yours too. And Maddie's like, no, but close. <laughs> Well, actually, it's really hard for me to pick my number one. I actually tried to make a top 10 X-Men so that I could like do this along with you. And then I kept changing the order and like panicking. And I can't I don't know how to choose a number one. But it it was Jean Grey for so many years that I almost feel like it's like how when you're a kid, you like decide your favorite color and then that's just your favorite color for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's not really your favorite color. So like it feels weird to not say Jean Grey, but I don't know. I didn't have that issue. I I used to say my favorite color is orange and then it turned into red at some point okay well you get the idea of what i'm saying where you get used to saying something over and over but yeah. emma's really fucking cool in ways that gene is not and i am willing to admit that yeah i i think i had the same issue when i started this venture of like who's ryan's top 20 x-men because it was the same situation where i really had a tough time choosing between like wolverine jubilee emma 
Warren and Magneto. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, then, and then I was like, oh, but what about Boom Boom and the other character I haven't revealed yet? And everyone else I could kind of like figure out and put in. But the, like, the top seven are like really all my number one. But when it comes down to it, I really love Emma more than anybody. I think she's just so good and so interesting. And I think she's an interesting character, which we'll talk about here in her character uh, backstory, mm-hmm. where she's just like... She is like Logan, where she's a really tragic character, but manages to like put on this like whole performance. Like I have like an Emma Frost Spotify playlist that's like just songs that remind me of her. They're usually songs about like, oh, I'm the queen. I, you don't know who I really am. I hide who I am from all of you because like I can't show that fucking weakness to anybody. Like that is mm-hmm. kind of like who Emma Frost is, and I think she's just tragic. She like had a rough childhood she made some mistakes in early her early 20s or whatever and then has repeatedly had like students and siblings and lovers be slaughtered mercilessly in front of her face and it just kind of sucks i think it's like i don't know and then she kind of gets up and she's like yeah i'm not giving up so i don't know emma's a good character and she's really fucking mean for no reason but like in a really fun <laughs> way so but is it for no reason because sometimes it's deserved i mean i i love it when she's mean to gene for no reason because gene is always doing this it's like hilarious yeah, but gene's always doing that thing where like i think gene's really cool i think gene is a great character when she's written well but like, she's also like kind of stuck up at points and that's yeah, why emma and tearing her like, down is so funny because emma it is like is just I can like never get over that one comic book page that's actually fairly recent from the hickman era where gene has got decided to go back to the Marvel girl costume and she's like what do you think Emma and Emma's just like it's not for me and it's not for you either like, yeah just I really love that. for no reason I love the panels in um the giant size x-men which is like almost entirely dialogue free and it's just Gene and Emma like on a mission together and that's the one oh where she's God. like drinking out of the flask and Gene is just looking at her like are you serious right now and Emma's just like I don't <laughs> care like I, I don't know she just has this great I don't care energy that emanates um from some of her best art and like her yeah. one-liners when she's written well i feel like emma is a character who you can fuck with her but it's like the most dangerous thing you could possibly do because she's not like wolverine or magneto who's gonna come back and like just tear shit up she's gonna like develop this huge complicated plan play the long game that's gonna end up being torturous until the day you die like <laughs> you don't want to be on her bad side like the whole thing she did recently with kingpin was like they fucked up which is like <laughs> she's like so i know you try to um s- slaughter my name or whatever like whatever the word you're trying to use there it's like you're trying to make my name be bad to the public slander that's what you're slander you're trying to slander my name slaughter my name you're trying to slander my name but um just remember that i can kill you at any point in time and you won't even see me coming because i could just be everybody at once mm-hmm. and she like leaves so i don't know she's great she is great all right so let's talk about emma frost this is gonna be a long haul settle so- in get a cup of tea it's what emma would want she would want that um she has as much backstory as like wolverine in comparison to ed we've had some lawn character histories but which is wild because i don't think she's been around as long as wolverine has she's been around since the 80s and logan came in like the 70s so they're like that not that far apart but i think they were developing their stories around the same time because mm-hmm. logan didn't really get a full backstory for a while he just ran on the amnesia train for a long time so <laughs> yeah and emma they like had to sort of reconstruct a lot to make her be a redeemable character i know so anyway um her full name is actually emma grace frost also known as the white queen i don't know if you knew this but she wears a lot of white Hmm. emma first appeared in the dark phoenix saga and uncanny x-men number 129 this is a great comic book 
Oh that, yeah. Like that. I mean, the Dark Phoenix saga in general is so top good. tier Chris Claremont work, but like the whole Jean Grey Emma Frost fight is really fantastic. She was created by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, and this is so amazing because I I like knew this, but had like forgotten about it until I was putting these notes together again. So Claremont was inspired to create the Hellfire Club after seeing an episode, the episode called A Touch of Brimstone from the TV show, The Avengers, like back in the 60s yep. or whatever. The spy show. Yeah. yeah, not to be confused with The Avengers. Avengers, which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally confused those in the like late 80s, early 90s, thinking they were the same thing. And I just did not understand in the 90s why there was an Avengers movie with Uma Thurma being a spy. Um, I do now, obviously. Uh, and I do recommend people go back and watch the original Avengers run because it's one of those few TV shows. I know Todd's a big fan. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's one of those few pieces of media from that time period that has, like, a female lead that's still a total badass. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. So anyway, in that show, the Avengers, they the spies infiltrate a criminal hedonistic underground society just like the Hellfire Club. And they're dressed like they are in the Hellfire Club with, like, the Victorian garb. And then all the women are dressed in, like, bondage with, like, corsets and shit and have whips. Mm-hmm. And Emma Frost was specifically inspired by Emma Peel, who played Diana Rigg, the lead actress on that show. And in that episode, she was donning the corset and collar and boots to go undercover as the Queen of Sin. And I don't know, Chris Claremont had such a hard on for this that he created Emma Frost out of that and like became such a huge piece of the Marvel Universe. That oh, like... yeah. Yeah. Also, like John Byrne. I mean, listen, far be it from me to judge or even speculate about which things different writers and artists might have been into. But it, it can't be denied that women being incredibly powerful and having it drive them up a wall or wearing corsets or stepping on people's balls, or <laughs> all of the above. Like, there's a lot of John Byrne stories and Chris Claremont stories that go in that direction. Just saying. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I let them... They, let, let them have it, you know? I feel it's, like those two are like the creator, the, say guy, the guy that created Devil Bear Cry and Bayonetta, yep, and he's like, yep. I really just love these women that are like half naked but also like stepping on me and like, like insulting me yeah. yeah yeah and then like also i'm gonna create these male characters that are also hot and sexy and it's like okay yeah. you're just all like super like queer and it's awesome it's definitely it's definitely not mainstream sexuality i'll say that much no i don't I, I i agree but i think it's really cool that he was able to incorporate that the both of them into this writing and i think it's I think it's something to be respected, honestly. Whatever. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It definitely like sparked some kids figuring out what their fetishes were while they were reading these comics. Yeah, I mean, like Rocky Horror does the same thing. Oh, sure. So, like, I mean, it is in the same time period. So, I think that's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so Emma Frost's powers is that she has a high level telepathy. She's basically Omega level. Um. Her and Jean are, I think, together stronger than Xavier, and oftentimes just stronger than Xavier in general. Mm-hmm. She can also shapeshift her skin into organic diamond, which gives her great strength and durability, but it diminishes her psychic powers. Um. And I also believe people can't read her mind when she's in that form. So, uh, that actually, for those Pretty of you useful. who listen to. Uh, mutant vision that's why when we had emma go into her diamond form that's what made her be like what the fuck where am i i'm like i'm under control yeah so anyway uh emma frost was born in boston to the winston and Hazel to winston and hazel frost she is not from britain although she walks around doing a fake accent absolutely she does i think it's really funny that she still is doing it which it's is the best incredible yeah. i can't believe that's like a part of her character but anyway go I- on I just I appreciate I love her so much. It's like she really truly was part of a D and D group and like <laughs> like just didn't drop the character when she left. Mm-hmm. Her siblings are Christian, Adrian, and Cordelia. 
Their father, Winston, abused them with high standards and also physical abuse, while Hazel, their mother, was addicted to prescription drugs to cope with her shitty husband. Uh, Emma only got along with her gay brother, Christian, until um, her father put him away into a mental institution for being gay. Sad. Well, it is really sad. But he's back now in the comic books, and he's also a mutant, so that's cool. In school, Emma was ruthlessly bullied and harassed by her peers, but she did find support in one teacher named Ian Kendall. And when Emma's powers manifested, she was able to start reading every everybody's minds. Uh, this allowed her to tutor other students, and Ian was like, Emma, you should be a teacher one day. And Emma's father's like, you can never be a teacher. I won't let you be a teacher, and I will never pay for you to get the education to do that. Her father's a piece of shit, is yeah. the story there. So on her way home from school, Emma's car breaks down, and Ian finds her and gives her a ride. This is all in the Emmy Frost mini- miniseries that is like kind of interesting, but also weird and like not the best work for Emma Frost, but has some incredible cover work art. Mm-hmm. And so she reads his thoughts and hears that he finds her beautiful and attractive. And so Emma's like, oh, I can kiss my teacher because she's, she's into me. And so that happens. And then her sister adrian secretly records this mr sinister style like with a video camera and uses it as evidence for winston to get ian fired Mm -hmm. Uh, emma then starts to blackmail her father for that and her father winston is like huh she may have a lot of like my kind of like manipulative spirit in her um so i'm gonna offer the family fortune and see what she does and emma's like fuck you i'm done i'm leaving and you'll never see me again basically Mm. so she leaves and emma's temporarily homeless but she meets and falls in love with this guy named troy which is already a bad sign we know how i feel about that name (laughs) yeah he lets her live with him and she discovers that he owes a large amount of money to a mobster named lucian and in order to save his life emma does this whole thing where she works with troy to fake a kidnapping scheme but it turns into a real kidnapping and like Lucien ends up killing Troy while attempting to save Emma from Lucien. Uh, and Emma then uses her powers to make the thugs, like all the mobsters fight each other while she calls the police to have them all taken in. Emma then takes the ransom money, which she manages to keep and then enrolls into Empire State University so she can get the education to become a teacher. And she meets a fellow telepath, Astrid Bloom, who becomes her friend and mon- mentor, Emma then discovers that Astrid is using her powers and to like manipulate events and have things go like in her own direction. Mm-hmm. And so Emma like attacks her telepathically and accidentally leaves Astrid comatose. So this is like Emma's powers are getting very strong very quickly. Emma is then invited to the Hellfire Club where she discovers Edward Buckman and Stephen Lane's plans to destroy all mutants. Alongside Sebastian Shaw, Lord Chantel, and Harry Leland, they battle the Sentinels and Emma kills Buckman from the Council of Chosen. So this is like the start of Emma like being like, mm, I'm kind of okay with killing people if they really are truly horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Emma and Shaw take over the Hellfire Club, which I don't even know. I We talked about Shaw before, but I don't remember if like I mentioned that or not. I think we did. I must have. It's so long ago that I don't remember. Yeah, it is a long time ago. But we didn't talk about Emma a lot on that show because we knew we were going we to get to this. We did because we were obsessed with her even then. During this time, <laughs> Emma became the chairman of the board of trustees and headmistress of the Massachusetts Academy, which she uses as a rival school to Xavier's and the New Mutants. Uh, Emma and the Hellfire Club then try to recruit Kitty and personally torture several members of the X-Men. This is part of that whole Dark Phoenix issue that we were talking about. Emma engages with this Phoenix in a psychic battle where she's almost killed. Emma then launches a psychic attack that leads the X-Men to believe that she 
committed suicide. So they think Emma's gone. They're like, mm-hmm. Emma's just killed herself. When she's actually in comatose and recovering under the care of Sebastian Shaw. During her time at the Hellfire Club, Emma teaches the Hellions uh, at the Massachusetts Academy. Uh, she tries to recruit Firestar, Doug Ramsey, Kitty, which we all managed, to, which we just talked about. And the Hellions are also always facing off with the new mutants, although they also kind of came to understand each other over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually... The new mutants, I'm not talking about the Hellions, the new mutants are killed and resurrected by the Beyonder. So after all the new mutants die the first time, Emma offers to assist them telepathically in restoring their former selves and overcoming their trauma, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, and during that time, Emma course, like courses Magneto, who's running the X-Mansion at the time, and the new mutants, to let them join the Massachusetts Academy uh, and invites Magneto to join the Hellfire Club. That doesn't end up actually going through, but he does join the Hellfire Club. And with the help of Magneto and Celine, they're able to oust Shaw from the Hellfire Club entirely. Now, mm. this is this is the, the plot point that we've talked about a lot. We've talked about it with Todd. Uh, Trevor Fitzroy unleashes the Sentinels on Emma and her Hellions. And Emma ends up in a psychic coma to survive, but all of her children are killed. So she doesn't know that they're completely slaughtered. But like every single student that Emma has is just slaughtered by these Sentinels. And when she awakens in Xavier's Academy, she switches minds with Iceman and refuses to believe the X-Men when they're like, your students are dead. And so she escapes in Bobby's body, which is like, I feel like this is where we were starting to like, really be like, is Bobby gay? Because this is like, (laughs) yeah, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, and she's overcome with grief and guilt when she does discover that they're dead. And she's like, I just want to die. I give up. Nothing has worked in my life. Just I'm going to kill myself. Uh, and so she leaves Bobby's body and Xavier convinces Emma to switch back to Bobby's body. And they're like, don't kill yourself. Like, you know, just take a breather. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. I actually think it's like one of the few times that they're pretty compassionate towards Emma yeah. in that early ages because well, because she's clearly acting out of grief throughout that entire scenario yeah so. and it's not too long after that that the phalanx covenant happens which is the start of generation x and she gathers with those characters and then right. ends up becoming a mentor alongside banshee and the reopened massachusetts academy for right. the x-men great run we all know that i love that um at one point emma's business ventures during the generation x era takes a bad turn and she seeks her sister adrian's help who offers financial assistance but secretly plots against emma and plants a bomb in the school which <laughs> results in the death of sync who's back now and in love with yes. x23 yes <laughs> he and x23 have like a time travel romance that in classic wolverine fashion laura no longer remembers at all i so. know but that's because laura's gay anyway <laughs> that uh, yeah, emma, that's a whole other thing but yeah yeah seriously he she was literally written to be gay and then someone <laughs> along the line was like what if she dated boys and all the boys oh, that are boy. like into x23 are like that's why we like her and i'm like oh boy um <laughs> I can't get into like how many like just I don't go on Reddit, but like the few times that I've ever gone in there and I look at something of like X23 or like I call her Wolverine or Laura. Mm -hmm. People like men will be like, correction, her name's X23. And I'm like, you guys have some serious fucking shit to unpack. Yeah. uh, Anyway, 
Emma hunts down Adrian and kills her and then becomes very distant from her students to hide what she did. This is what Emma does is that she like she will kill a bitch like she's like, I'm not mm-hmm. fucking around. In this case, it seems deserved. But yeah. whatever. I mean, like, she tried to fucking blow up the school. Right. Adrian was also never going to let it go. Like they're rivals for so long in the history. When the students discovered what Emma did, that Generation X just disbands like that's sort of the end of it. Uh, and dealing with their traumas after killing Adrian and just like trauma in general, Emma goes to Genosha where she teaches until a sentinel attacks the island and the citizens. This is from the new X-Men run, Grant Morrison's run, in which Emma Frost is teaching there and just like those sentinels kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she survives because she suddenly manifests a secondary mutation, the power to transform her body into organic diamond. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up. She can't feel anything in her diamond form. And she's like, oh, all my children are dead. All the children are dead. Everyone's dead. Cool. Uh, I can't feel anything. I'm diamond. Uh, So Emma is rescued by the X-Men, where she's taken place back to Xavier's Institute. And this is when her her and Hank start developing a friendship, where Hank's like just trying to figure out whatever's happening to her medically at this point. Mm -hmm. And during that time there, Emma starts teaching at the X-Mansion. Uh, she mentors the the Stepford Cuckoos, who are the spinning image of her and her prized pupils. And they're also all psychics. They usually move around in fives or threes, depending on who's writing. Um, and they all assist Xavier in the fight against Cassandra Nova. Mm-hmm. And here's Maddie's favorite part. Emma starts counseling Cyclops after, over his marital <laughs> issues with Gene and yep. quickly develops feelings for him. He confines more in Emma and engages in a psychic, a psychic affair. So they're basically like having sex, but like in their minds. Mm-hmm. During a riot in the school, one of the cuckoos, Sophie, is killed. And the cuckoos then are like, this is your fault, Emma. It's your fault she died. And so they reject her as a mentor. And they get revenge by contacting Jean and be like, just so you know, <laughs> Emma and Scott are having sex on the astral plane. So Jean <laughs> then goes and catches Emma and Scott in bed together in their minds. It's so soap opera-y. It's, I love it's it. It's so much. And Jean unleashes like the full force of like the phoenix in Emma's brain. Mm-hmm. And Emma, I, I love the writing on this because Ed the end of it i was like how dare you just go in somebody's brain to do somebody like that it's like yep he came to me because <laughs> you're a piece of shit yep. and this is how what you do it's pretty fucked up yeah it is fucked up it's definitely fucked up that gene blames emma for any of that as opposed to taking it up with scott i mean like that comes up later so yeah, yeah you're right uh emma's then later found shattered in her diamond form and we, we think it's gene and so bishop and stage were running extreme x-men at this time and they were also doing the whole like district x thing where they were like we're mutant detectives and so they investigate the crime and they think it's Gina first, but they don't figure or so they figure out that it's not her. And they go, they do this for a little while trying to figure out what her deal is. And then Jean manages to meld Emma Frost's body back together with her Phoenix powers, which is really honestly like you probably should have come in sooner than this. But Hank took all those light little diamond chips and like put her back together like one of those 3D puzzles, which is like <laughs> Jesus, Hank. Like I, mean, I know. it's so Hank though, you know? Like I know. Wow. And then Jean shows up, she's like, Oh, I'll just like meld this together. Like, maybe you should have helped from the beginning when like, I don't know, you like destroyed her psyche. Yeah, whatever. And then she acknowledges that Emma has genuinely fallen in love with Scott and that she can't fault her for that. And then mm-hmm. Scott's like, All right, will you fucking read my mind? And Jean's like, fine. And so she goes in and finds out that they never engaged in any physical contact. So does it really count? I don't know. It's fucking X-Men. Uh, <laughs> and so basically Jean's like, fine, I give up. Uh, so 
revived now, Emma is able to name her attempted murderer, and it's Esme, one of the Stepford Cuckoos, who had mind-controlled Angel. And we're not talking about Archangel. We're talking about Angel, the one that Zoe Kravitz is on playing in um, first class. Yeah. And she shot her in her single flaw because of course you know a diamond has a single flaw with a diamond bullet because this is fucking like comic books mm-hmm. under the direction of zorn who turns out to be magneto except it's not magneto it's somebody posing as magneto so just to let that be um <laughs> after gene dies a second time or a third or fourth time scott is devastated and he's like i just can't live with that gene i'm gonna leave the x-men and that's what it's if, if <laughs> this is where they're pulling this from it's revealed that if he does that it, it unleashes the apocalyptic future so the when we were watching this episode i was like oh i literally just wrote these notes down so like this mm-hmm, is what this is mm-hmm. and then a little bit later a resurrected future version of gene uses her powers as the white phoenix to reach cyclops telepathically and tell him to move on scott starts to heal and he starts a re- an actual relationship with emma emma then immediately becomes the co-mistress of the institute because she's fucking scott and she's <laughs> advising the new team of the hellions emma continues to have an antagonistic relationship with kitty pride and rachel summers but uh truce is made with emma and rachel Rachel, when Emma helps Rachel hone her telepathic abilities, much later on, Emma and Kitty heal their relationship as well. I think this is part of why I like Emma is that like she has all this tension with people, but she can fucking work it out in the long run, which I think is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Emma is one of the mutants to drain her powers after Wanda's no more mutants. During Phoenix Warson, another great story. If you haven't read that, you can look that up. It's revealed that Emma's eggs had been, like her eggs in her womb, had been used as a genetic template to clone thousands of identical female telepaths like herself, five of which she had concluded to become the step for cuckoos. They eventually start referring to her as mother, which weirds the shit out of Emma. It's like, Emma's like, I have all these fucking <laughs> children I didn't know I had. <laughs> They're also clones, so it's like, is it really like fair for them to call her mother? But it's more like sister, but whatever. I don't know. The constant question of the X-Men, is a clone your daughter or your father? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. So yeah. Celeste is inhabiting the Phoenix and destroys thousands of the clones. And so like, basically, it just comes back down to the original five again. Mm-hmm. As soon as all those clones die, Emma feels them all dying in her body at once and like hears them all screaming out and all their pain uh and she's like yeah fuck the phoenix (laughs) it's basically where she gets uh during astonishing x-men a flashback reveals that Frost's survival on genosha through her secondary mutation was a part of cassandra's nova's scheme to infiltrate the x-men by using emma as a sleeper agent and emma is riddled with guilt and manifests a new hellfire club that chases the x-men's greatest fears around this is during the joss whedon era i i don't know i just like i don't like joss whedon's astonishing x-men sorry everyone <laughs> you're definitely not the only one it's not it's not a very popular run at this I point i like joss whedon's buffy and that's it i and i again we've talked about this but buffy's yeah. good for the reasons that have everything to do with not joss whedon yeah i know so this guilt that emma had where she was like oh shit i was controlled by emma like sandra nova to do all these terrible things you know like tricks her to thinking that she had been complicit with genosha's destruction and she feels terrible about this but then eventually like like, finds out she's being controlled by Cassandra Nova in that moment and that all that information that I just said was also sort of false because it's fucking Joss Whedon and he's like my twist is that it's also a twist on the twist and it's like dude can you just fucking write a story like yeah, it doesn't need to be all fucking twisty and bendy to be good yeah the X-Men alongside Emma stopped Cassandra from putting her mind in Hisaku later because like Cassandra's trying to take over that I don't understand why Cassandra Nova came back for any of this it seems stupid <laughs> then later on when Kitty gets trapped inside like that speeding bullet spaceship that's heading towards Earth Kitty's like I can phase through it but I'm gonna be trapped in this bullet forever 
Emma stays in contact with her telepathically that whole time to keep her calm. And when Kitty is seemingly killed, Emma is devastated. So like all their fucking bullshit they had kind of resolved itself because like Emma was like, like helping Kitty. And I think that's a really great story. I know that actually came out of the Joss Whedon run and maybe the only good thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Emma is then involved with the Messiah complex storyline. She defends the X-Men from Mr. Sinister, the writers and Exodus. Uh, When Scott and Emma are vacationing in the Savage Land, they receive a distress call from Warren, who's in San Francisco, where Lady Mastermind has the city under her control. We talked about this, I think, in Archangels. I think we talked it in History Free because we haven't done one on Lady Mastermind. So yeah, it must I think have been right. his. And after they save the city, the mayor welcomes the X-Men, the mutants, and Emma sends out a telepathic message to the remaining mutants that Scott and her are opening up a space there where they can come there and it's a sanctuary. During Manifest Destiny, a new Hellfire cult appears committing anti-mutant hate crimes led by Emma's former pupil, Empath, and a mysterious red-headed dominatrix going by the name of Red Queen. It's clearly fucking Madeline Pryor. <laughs> Whenever like there's like a dominatrix that's red-headed and they're like, wow, she seems really familiar. And I'm like, you mean that's the fact that she looks exactly like Jean Grey? Like, is that a good reason to figure out who it is? No, it's just a weird, strange thing where a redhead who almost looks identical. But there's just so many redheads in the world that are like identical to Jean Grey and also wear the Black Queen outfit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Empath reveals that he had lusted after Emma Frost when... She was teaching him. So the Red Queen takes on Emma's appearance and then seduces Scott. It's like this really confusing situation. Only to reveal when she comes out of the Emma's form, she's like, Scott, it's me, your ex-wife, Madeline Pryor. And I still want you dead. Like, I, Scott's got all these ex-wives that are all like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. And like, multiple of them have been cloned between like Jean, Madeline Pryor and the Cuckoos. Yeah. And, and Scott himself has Mr. Sinister who's obsessed with cloning him. It's Mm -hmm. like Scott's Mm -hmm. like in some weird clone-sessed world. I don't know. I mean, Mr. Sinister is responsible for at least some of that, but yeah. I think he's responsible for like all of it, honestly. Um, (laughs) It would make sense. You gotta wonder, you gotta wonder what Mr. Sinister does in his free time. Make make movies, make videos. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does do that. He creates the mutant ages. Yeah. So one of my favorite comic books that I actually have a copy of is when Emma enters the mind of Xavier and forces Xavier to relive each one of his mistakes and morally ambiguous decisions he's made in his life. (laughs) It's a great comic book. It's just Emma torturing Xavier for the entire fucking thing. I highly recommend it. I used to have it framed on my wall. Eventually, I took it down because I had too many framed comics on my walls. But you know, but it's it's in the it's in storage. It's it's ready to be taken out again. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's it's always there and ready to be read. Uh, during Secret Invasion, the scroll set up a telepathy blocking wall across the globe. Emma channels the cuckoos telepathically using Cerebra to locate the side block, but it leaves her comatose. The cuckoos tell Cyclops that Emma is dead, unaware that her mind is still out in the astral plane fighting the scrolls. Mm-hmm. After the scrolls are defeated, Emma is introduced as a member of the Dark Illuminati alongside Norman Osborn. Doctor Doom, Loki, Nabor, and the Hood, who are manipulating events in their favor. I think this is very funny because we just like got introduced to the Breaker Illuminati at the MCU. I know. So that is not a spoiler. Uh, It's basically in the trailers. It is in the trailers. Anyway. It's here that Emma and Namor are revealed to have a past romantic history. Love that for them. When Emma was like part of the Hellfire Club, Shaw sent Emma Frost down to convince Namor to join the Hellfire Club. And instead, Namor and Emma began a relationship. 
Uh, Shaw believed Emma betrayed him for Namor and sent a reprogrammed Sentinel to Atlantis to destroy the kingdom. So when Namor confronts Shaw, Sage erases Emma's memories of Namor. So like Emma can't remember anything. Mm. Then later on, like she gets it back. This is a very confusing plot point. I have this issue too, which is like, I just enjoy it because it ends with Emma tricking Namor telepathically that she cut off Shaw's head and like gives Namor this memory of her giving him Shaw's head. But then secretly had like mentally incapacitated Shaw so she could like torture him. So that's just fun. That is fun. Then part of the whole Dark Illuminati thing, Norman Osborn appoints Emma as the leader of his new Dark X-Men team. Emma finds out that Norman Osborn is working for Dark Beast, who's torturing mutants and feeding their powers into a machine that empowers the weapon Omega. Kind of like, you know, when you send your Pokemon off in Pokemon Go, they get ground <laughs> up into little candies. Same thing. Emma then reveals that she is a double agent and defeats the Dark X-Men with Namor's assistant because he's also a double agent. Osborn orders the Dark Avengers and Dark X-Men to go after Emma, Namor, Namor, and Scott. And during a battle, Emma then distracts Sentry and chases after him into the void. And a sliver of the void remains in her body, so she has to remain in her diamond form to prevent the void from utilizing her mega level power shit. This is, makes no fucking sense, but Xavier then with Scott, goes into Emma's mind to extract the void that's inside her, and they're able to seal it off in Scott's mind in an inescapable prison. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Nope, it doesn't. It's fine. Celine is angry at the old Hellfire Club for betraying her years ago, so she like decides one day that she gets her cup of wine, and she's like, you know what? Fuck those guys. I'm going to torture them endlessly. So she resurrects all of Emma's dead Hellion members, like her old students, to mock and taunt her, and Emma's left in a state of horrified shock and guilt, Emma recognizes that Celine's threat will not end until her inner circle is stopped, so she orders the X-Force to travel to Necrotia and kill them all, which is, like, really fucked up. Mm. During Second Coming, Rogue goes to Emma because Rogue's like, hey, I've got an empathetic connection with Hope. What's going on? And Emma's like, well, it's not a psychic connection, but it is interesting. Uh, so Emma's then involved with the giant battle on the Golden Gate Bridge, um, <laughs> which I wrote as the Golden Gate Pride. I don't know why I wrote that, uh, but we'll just leave that in there. Uh and during that time, Emma sees that Hope is manifesting the Phoenix Force energy and that she could become the Phoenix herself. And Emma goes to tell Scott and finds out that there's like new mutants manifesting all over the world again because Hope has the ability to, I don't know, reverse the Wanda. Mm-hmm. So Emma is then one of the five X-Men taken over by the Phoenix Force, which gets fractured by Iron Man after all this. And during this time, Emma finds and kills a man who committed a hit and run crime against a mutant like a decade before. And she's like, now I have the power to find him and kill him. So that's like a thing that she does. Honestly, pretty awesome. Seems pretty cool to me. I I don't really know what's wrong with this situation here. But uh, anyway, she also reveals to Cyclops that she had a psychic affair with Namor in a similar fashion like she did with Cyclops. And Cyclops' portion of Phoenix ends up taking away Emma's psychic Phoenix powers. And after that, Emma's taken into custody by the Avengers and survives an assassination attempt by the Purifiers. And then after that, Cyclops and Magneto come to rescue Emma. Uh, Her telepathy is a mess because of the whole Phoenix incident. Uh, and she joins them to protect mutants and retrains her telepathy and continues to teach the stepper cuckoos because they're back. Then Maddie's favorite plot line of mine, too, is Emma then comes into the Terrigen Mists at Muir Island and they find that Jamie Madrex is dead. Uh, and finding out that the mists are toxic to mutants, Emma and Scott plan to extinguish the cloud that is basically going around and turning people to inhumans. And during the battle with the Inhumans, Cyclops is being seen killed by Black Bolt. However, at his funeral, Havoc walks over to Emma. He's like, yo, I know Scott didn't die that way. So uh, let's talk about this. And it's that Black Bolt did not kill Cyclops. It was just a projection that Emma had been using the whole time. And that 
Scott had actually died alongside Jamie Madrex because the Terrigen Mist on Muir Island, and Emma had like buried in someone else and had just projecting an illusion of him to everyone else to declare war against the Inhumans in Scott's name. Pretty wild, wild twist. It is. But also Emma's a little traumatized by this and the death of Scott and starts to believe her lie that Black Bolt is the one who actually killed him because she's like now fucking like changing her own memories because she like doesn't want to deal with any of her trauma. Mm-hmm. And so she prepares the war against the Inhumans when Beast declares that the Terrigen Cloud will be in Earth's atmosphere entirely and kill everyone. And when Medusa learns why they went to war, she she herself destroys the cloud. She's like, I would never want the mutants to die. So it's actually kind of a pretty fucked up story. I think that's like the one good part of that whole timeline is like Medusa's like, why didn't the X-Men just come talk to me? Mm-hmm. Which seems to be like a running trend in this episode. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's kind of a comic book thing, I feel like. Right. Uh, and then the time displaced Cyclops reveals that Emma faked the future Cyclops' death because why not? And he, you know, like that happens. And she defends herself saying that it's what Cyclops would have wanted her to do. And the X-Men are like, no, we have to fucking kill you for some reason, uh, even though you saved all of us, but we'll kill you anyway. Yeah. And it was like, well, fuck this. And she, so she goes on the run from the X-Men and the Inhumans and goes to a secret base where she dons a helmet that is a combination of Xavier and Magneto's. And it's pretty fucking cool. During Secret Empire, Emma is revealed to be the leader of the mutant nation in New Tien, California, following Hydra's takeover of the United States. I don't know... Like, did they, like, erase that from history? I don't really remember what happened from the whole, like, Hydra shit. I don't either. I remember Um, everyone thinking it was bad. Clearly neither of us were interested in reading that. I think it ended up not being true in the end somehow. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care why. I don't know. And, like, and she was using Zorn as a puppet ruler. I don't even know. I think Secret Empire is, like probably marvel's worst storyline that has ever happened it's really fucking bad a lot of people hated it i i feel like that's pretty universally the takeaway from that they were like this is awful at least now we're in krakoa era and things are like which is good good again i love krakoa yeah uh when the time displaced x-men rebel against the government emma has zorn capture them she talks to young cyclops and torments him cyclically before revealing that she had been secretly working against hydra emma then leads raids alongside beast and shaw and the supreme leader until zola beats them with the cosmic cube because fucking cosmic cube was back I feel like I feel like they only brought back the Cosmic Cube because like the MCU had the MCU. started. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. all this was because the MCU. I know. When comics were like, well, what if we change the MCU? And they realized that didn't work. They just kept things separate. Emma approaches Iceman later to save her brother Christian from their abusive father. And when they arrive to the Frost Mansion, they find that Christian is perfectly fine, and their father had been killed by him. Uh, and it turns out that Christian is also a mutant who has telepathy and telekinesis and can perform astral projections. And Emma promises to start helping Christian heal his broken mind. Uh, Emma then talks the X-Men into going after Sebastian Shaw and the Hellfire Club. Uh, Emma then becomes the new Black King of the Hellfire Club and tells the X-Men through a letter that she intends to fix the broken world her own way by taking control of the Hellfire Club. Very Emma Frost. Mm. Emma was briefly controlled by the government um, during the whole Nate Gray's fake Utopia Age of X-Men, which is directly for Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And the government was using Emma to like find shit. But what Emma was actually doing is that she was masking people from finding mutants at all. Like People didn't remember mutants even existed. At the end of that, Cyclops is like, you have to give everybody their memories back. And she goes, okay, but they're going to see us again. So 
all the mutants disappeared into like Age of X-Men and then like mm-hmm. all the ones that remained, nobody remembered them and people don't remember like mutants in general. Yeah. It was like a pretty cool thing. It was cool. Age of X-Men was cool. I actually enjoyed Age of X-Men even though it made no fucking sense, but whatever. Oh, yeah, I agree. I didn't know what was happening a lot of the time, but I was having a great time. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it too. Uh, Emma is then tasked by Xavier Magneto to oversee the international trade relations for Krakoa and she's given a seat on the Quiet Council, sitting with her Shaw, and she demands that Kitty Pride is her third seat, which I love. I love that, yeah. that relationship feeling for them. That was a very cool moment. Uh, Kitty is then killed by Shaw, and the five are unable to clone her new body until Lockheed comes to Emma in pain, and Emma reads Lockheed's mind and sees that Shaw had done it. And she also realized that Kitty, going by Kate now, is the reason why she's not able to hatch from the egg is because she has to phase through it. So Emma reaches out to her like telepathically and helps her through that. Emma, Kate, and Storm and Lockheed then spend an entire issue, which is incredible, where they torture the shit out of Shaw, love every moment of it. It's just them like dealing with like a toxic male entity and just like beating the shit out of him for like 25 pages so good recommend it uh it's in the marauders uh i don't remember which one it is but it's in marauders uh mr sinister then forms his own team of hellions and emma plants her old uh student empath and as a mole on the team emma also brings the hellfire gala back into play on krakow where they terraform mars and the planet for mutants uh, emma's got a lot going on right now uh, emma also reveals that lord chantel never died during the hellfire club but it was an illusion that emma put in shaw's head so lord Ch- chantel could get away from him and his abuse uh emma then discovers that moira mctaggart is still alive and also a mutant and emma reads her mind uh, she reads Moyer's mind and learns of her role in the creation of Krakoa and reads Xavier and Magneto's minds and she's disgusted with all of them and disgusted that they have been lying to her the whole time and she's like you know what I'm staying here for mutants and for children but I am not loyal to you you guys are really mm-hmm. fucked up you think I'm bad <laughs> fuck you uh, yeah. and so Emma then decides that Moyer's ability to reset the timeline with resurrections was more dangerous than any fucking thing in the world. And so she goes to Mystique and Dense Destiny and she's like, hey, this is the deal. This is what the shit that Moyer's been doing. Um, I have this one depowering gun that Forge made like a billion years ago and I want you to go and shoot her with it and then kill her uh, so she can't keep on resetting the timeline. Eva then tells the council the truth of Xavier and Magneto's lies and all of them are like, wow, fuck these guys. Not too much longer after that, Wilson Fisk tries to sour Emma's name while he's the mayor of New York. Uh, but Emma clears her name and threatens Wilson Fix, which we talked about right at the beginning of this whole section, uh, while he's fucking Typhoid Mary, uh, and uh, <laughs> being like, I could come kill you anytime, and I'm actually controlling your wife right now. Yeah, because she could do that. Yeah, and that's kind of like where we're at now uh, within the comics, and she's still a huge part of Krakoa. 40 minutes later, here we are. <gasps> Uh, I also want to do we did it I just want to let you know that Emma is played by Fenella Hughes in Generation X which we talked about on that episode she's also in X-Men Origins she's Wolverine she's amazing played by that. Tanya Tozy as Silver Fox's sister also named as Emma Frost it's stupid <laughs> and January Jones portrays her in X-Men First Class of all those actors Fenella Hughes wins the Emma Frost Award absolutely she's great I would love to see who plays her in the MCU uh, she was supposed to be in X-Men 3, played by Sigourney Weaver, until Brian Singer left the project. This is interesting, because I actually didn't know this until I did some research right now. Emma was supposed to return in the Dark Phoenix mo- movie alongside the Hellfire Club, played by Jessica Chastain, and they changed it into Aliens last second. And yeah. That's, so Jessica Chastain was supposed to be playing Emma Frost there, which explains so much. It doesn't, it doesn't, though. Because, like, that movie... Yeah, I know, but it explains, like... 
who her character was supposed to be because Jessica Chastain was like, I don't know who I was playing. They didn't ever, they didn't let me know. Uh, yeah, even Jessica Chastain was like, I have no idea what that movie was about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone is like, I don't know. Uh, one final little thing is on the podcast, Old Man Star Lord. Not that you would want to listen to anything with Star Lord. Vanessa Williams plays Emma Frost, which I love. I think that's awesome. And so fucking cool. That's cool. I mean, a narrative podcast about Star-Lord, if it's got Emma in it, maybe I would listen to that. I don't know. Maybe. They made her a playable character in X-Men Legends 1. And I remember I was in a fucking EBX before it was before EB Games. And <laughs> like this X-Men game had come out. And I was thinking about buying it. It was on the GameCube and the PlayStation 2. It was X-Men Legends. We'll play it here on our channel at some point. Uh, but they, mm-hmm. they had like a big player's guide. And I was just flipping through it. And I was like oh cool you can eventually play as Psylocke and Jubilee and I turned the page and saw that you could play as Emma Frost I put it down and walked over and bought the game <laughs> amazing perfect <laughs> 10 mean, out of 10 yeah it's still in I would expect no less of you I still have it it's like I don't even have a GameCube anymore but who cares no. <laughs> okay um only because this episode has been so long I have no transition let's talk about who's gay the So Beast and Logan are gay. Beast on and this Logan. Episode. And we need to I'm say more. I'm going to also give a little shout out to Bobby because I know he's not technically supposed to be gay on this. And like he and Warren are supposed to just be super straight and like super into Emma. And so are all the construction workers, even though clearly I didn't interpret it that way. <laughs> um, but I just read Bobby as gay. And I think it's funnier if you read the scene that way. And like. I don't know. It works a lot better. Um, And Warren's little tour to Logan at the beginning where he's like, I bought everything for you. Are you happy? And Logan's like, no, I'm cranky. Are you happy, daddy? Can you be my daddy? Can you be my my father figure? Because I'm depressed and still closeted for most of my my life. It's like really fucked up. Actually, now we put that spit on it. Yeah. Well, Logan is not a good dad to anyone. At least not in this show. Yeah. He's also not a good boyfriend because like Beast keeps on being like, you're not listening to me at all. You're just doing (laughs) things i know but they do still seem married in this so i have to give them the top i mean he falls romantically into beast's arms and he's like here you go it is cute that they're like walking all over each other literally during the scene where beast is trying to fix the jet yeah it's it's a cute scene Um, it's good i'm also shout out to the fact that magneto has his ex-husband yes how could i forget this is a very gay episode magneto totally put savior up he's completely taking care of them they still care about each other there's like two females in this episode emma frost and kitty pride and kitty pride also reads as gay in this tv show so like it's really Mm -hmm. just emma walking around and cyclops being like i have a hard on for her and it's like that's it Mm -hmm. they're the only straight ones here but even scott and logan still have their weird x energy so yeah that they're like they have some weird threesome with gene gray and like realize that they like i don't even think it was like gene slept with both scott and logan i feel like gene slept with both scott and logan but also scott and logan slept together and gene didn't know that absolutely i feel like eventually it's just going to become a foursome on this show uh and then we get to the krakoa era where everybody gets to just have a good time together right much better it is oh okay we're here thank you everyone (laughs) for making it through this 
Maddie and I knew this was going to be... Here's the thing. We'll have other character spotlights, but we're done through all... We have made our way this is, through all the super the long ones. Yeah. We've done it. We've done, our, we've done our faves at this point, I think. Um, so, themutantages.com, sciencescene.net. Yes. These are websites you can go to. They'll take you to our SoundCloud page, which I guess I should go to. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a place you can go to, and there's stuff there. There's stuff There's stuff like our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. You've got a link to our Discord server where you can ask us questions that we answer on, on listener feedback episodes and also just hang out and sometimes tell people the episode will be late. I think that Discord was the only place where we actually put that information. Oh, I, I meant to say at the beginning of this episode, the reason that, that didn't happen is because I was sick and not keeping up with social media, and that's totally on oh, me. Oh, no, you did say that at the beginning, but you're so sick that you can't even remember that you said that, so it's fine. I mean, like, I'm on antibiotics now, Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, we also have a voicemail inbox, which is 1-508-319-1668. If you call us, we will play your message on a listener feedback episode and we will answer your question. And also we have a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. You can mail us anything you want. Anything. We can't stop you from mailing us a GameCube, for example, so that That's Ryan true. can replay that GameCube game. I don't I don't I don't need to replay it. I have it on my computer because I definitely don't emulate. <laughs> Definitely not. Absolutely not. Um, we also have every social media. We're the mutant ages on all of them. I am on social media personally at Mitty Myers on Twitter and almost everywhere else. How about you, Ryan? I am at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel and a Twitch channel, both under Ryan Pagella. You can look those things up. Twitch is great. We're playing through um uh, oh my god, Kingdom Hearts. I blinked out what it was called for a second. I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long day. It We're doing been. our best. Uh, the, the Twitch is just becoming an extension of the Mutant Ages because it's a lot of our listeners hopping over there. And then I'm like, let's play the games that Maddie and I re- like reference on our show like at least 60 times per episode. So that's what that is. Uh, my YouTube channel is for theme parks and vlogging. Please go check that out if you want to have a good time. We're in the Disney era right now. But also, the Mutant Ages has a YouTube channel, which is even more important than anything I just listed because you can go there and you can watch us play through video games. Like, eventually, we'll mm-hmm. play X-Men Legends on there. But there's other games on there that you can watch us play. Yeah, we're going in order. At some point, we will get back to doing live streams that were monthly of us reading X-Men scripts that had been unproduced. Um, we do that over there. Sometimes I take clips of this show, match it up with the cartoons or the movies sometimes maddie and i make parodies sometimes maddie and i go back and watch something that we made like in high school uh and laugh at it and and put it out there for all of you to enjoy because we have no shame yeah um it's so true that's what that's all about also if you are able to support us financially we have a store where first of all you could buy a t-shirt with bishop jumping out of the bushes and shouting time travel is real that's and me. uh you could buy a tote bag that says that on there you could buy a mask that says that on there and we also have the mutant ages logo on shirts and bags etc and we have a patreon where on several thursdays we've done a lot of bonus episodes lately yeah i think maddie and i are just like consuming media again it's good (laughs) (laughs) also we're like managing to consume it at the same time so that we can then record an episode about it that's the real key oh yeah anyway so we have bonus episodes on the patreon this thursday we're gonna record we're going to have recorded a multiverse of madness episode so you can definitely check that one out but we will have just released the beetlejuice episode last week yes we watched the movie beetlejuice (laughs) because Because maddie hadn't seen it before 
somehow, which is just bonkers. What did we do the week before that? I feel like we just did another one. We talked about Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man, of course. We did Spider-Man. It's literally labeled Maddie finally saw Spider-Man. Yeah, so we did Spider-Man movies. We talked about Andrew Garfield. I mean, we have done, we have so many bonus episodes. People can go back and listen to those. And we're planning on doing the Batman at some point because I know you're all. We are because we both watched the Batman, the 2022 Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Batman Returns at some point Batman. too. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, of and course. Someday we will promise, we'll fulfill that promise of doing the Super Mario podcast. But yeah, someday. I don't know why people keep asking us to do the live action Super Mario and we we can't wait to do it. I no mean, one is asking us. We will do it anyway because it's a Beetlejuice situation. We just do what we want. Okay, at least we saw that movie. <laughs> anyway, so that's our Patreon. We have many other things on there at, at various other tiers, but the bonus episode probably like the main reason to subscribe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, who knows why people subscribe? Another reason they could subscribe at the highest tier would be to get a shout out on the show. I just sent you a Slack because oh boy. I am okay. letting you do it this week because I'm not Emma <gasps> Frost. You are the only Emma Frost that can do Emma Frost in my, my eyes, so... This week, Maddie is going to take the microphone and do the... I get to do a bad British accent because it's not really a British accent. And I'm from Massachusetts, just like Emma. And Emma herself is here to say that Sam S, Soren B and Zach S are three very important non-clones of me, the queen. (laughs) No one is as good as me. And uh, yeah, I don't actually care about any of those three people. I don't know who they are. <laughs> that sounds and I'm busy. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I have to go. I have to go step on Cyclops's balls now. <laughs> I'm just thinking of her like brushing past Forge, like just truly it's so good. She has goals. I wish I could not give a shit to the extent to which Emma doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so anyway, if you can't afford to support the show, I don't blame you shit happens um but please 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 leave us a review and a rating and i hope it's a five-star rating that would be really nice um for our show on whatever platform you use but emma frost is a 10-star rating let's be real yeah emma is five diamonds out of five diamonds thank you very much (laughs) five cuckoos so wow please please leave us a review or share it with your pals on social media tell them you like the show yeah. Tell them we started watching Wolverine and the X-Men and be like, they took a break for a week. I don't know why. <laughs> don't tell them that. But you know what? You got, like a, you got an episode that was like two episodes long, so. <laughs> yeah. This is what we bring to the table here, okay? Not food, which we got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant.